This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. So good to us, and we're grateful. Lord, of a truth, it's not that we are so special. It's just that you have chosen us. I said we were worthy to be saved and to die for. We thank you. Lord, the next few minutes as we look into your word of life, Father, I ask that you will speak to us. Teach us by yourself. Holy Spirit, open our eyes of understanding to understand scripture and to see Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. So I want to start today by saying, God is not a passive God. The God you and I serve is not, you know, we do remote, remote work now. It's not remote from you. My team at work, there's some of us here in San Antonio, there are others in Dallas, there's others in Atlanta, some in New York area, all of Florida, all over the place, but we're on the same team because we're working remotely. Your God is not remote from you. It's nearer than you know. Praise the Lord. Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs 18 and 24, the latter part of it, it said there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's talking about God. God is closer to you than you imagine. Praise the Lord. Romans uh, 10 verse 6, Romans 10 verse 6, it says, but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will ascend or descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. Why? Because Christ is in you. The Bible says Christ in me is what? The hope of glory. God is with you. Somebody say, God is with me. In good times, in bad times, it doesn't matter what, my, what I'm experiencing currently, God is there in it with me. Uh, Pro, not Proverbs, uh, Psalm, Psalm 139, very interesting scripture. Read it when you get home. It says, even if I run into hell, God is there. <laughs> so God is with you. It's important that you know that God is with us. Good times, bad times, in times of trouble, when you are in trouble, it's not that God left you and that's why you enter trouble. You know, again, I will go back to that old message by Pastor Cole. So, Job was not suffering. His suffering caused him to sin. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalm 46 verse 1 it says, God is what? Our refuge and strength. Always ready to help in times of trouble. God is near you, is close to you, is present with you. Is, it promises it will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what he said. I'm going somewhere this morning, but I, I need you to understand this before we move on. That God is with you. 
The reason for my situation is not because God left me. God is there. He never left. And he's not going anywhere. He is God. He is God. He told his disciples, Jesus, in Matthew 28, 20, before he ascended to heaven, he said to them, he said, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And watch this. And be sure of this. Somebody say, be sure of this. Say it like you mean it. Okay, how about you say, I am sure of this. He said, be sure of this. I am with you, what? Always. Even to the end of age. Even to the end of age. And he said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. So what exactly is our problem? Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. It says, my people are destroyed because they don't know me. But many of you are familiar with the old King James. The old King James says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. How about we hone in on that? It says, the problem we have is a knowledge problem. It's not a God problem. So God is there, but I don't know it. Job, remember Job? When he fell asleep and he saw angels ascending and descending, he said, God was here and I didn't know it. That is the story of many of us today. God is there, we just didn't know it. Knowledge is a big deal. Knowledge deals with our awareness, our perception, and our discernment. When you have knowledge, you will have some sort of discernment. If somebody told you what somebody said very bad about you behind your back, if, you, if somebody tells you they don't like you, believe them. No, he was just joking. No, I don't like you. They don't like you. Knowledge gives you discernment. Knowledge helps your perception. Amen? Seek information and acquire knowledge. Refuse to be ignorant. Very important. What you know will drive your life. What you know will ultimately drive your life. You can't live beyond what you know. You can't act beyond what you know. That is why the Bible, the Bible says, my people, they are destroyed because they lack knowledge. They lack knowledge. They lack knowledge. So what is knowledge? Knowledge deals with perception, discernment, understanding, wisdom, and so on and so forth. In Luke 16, verse 8, very interesting scripture, Luke 16, verse 8, the Bible says, and the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had, he had done wisely. For the children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light. This servant was going to be fired and he came up with an ungodly scheme. It was ungodly. And even his Lord, his master, 
looked at his plan and said, this guy is wise. This guy is wise. So, many of us, <laughs> I was watching a video clip on WhatsApp uh, with my wife yesterday. And there was a guy that was talking about, he said some people will come and uh, come to Graceland to pray for seven days. He said the guy praying in Graceland for seven days and the guy that is out working. He said, which one do you think will bring money home? Graceland guy or the working guy? The working guy. Does that mean there's no time for worship and service? No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. But what I want you to know, that prayer will not replace knowledge in your life. Prayer. You pray for money tonight until your hair falls off. Nothing will change until you get knowledge. Until you get knowledge. Praise the Lord. So I said, what you know drives your life. Proverbs 1 7, the Bible says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom. And instruction. He said, the foundation for us when it comes to knowledge is the fear of God. So every knowledge you gain must be built upon the fear of God. Amen? Amen. The reason we choose not to do certain things is not because you can't do it and get away with it. It's because you have the fear of God in you. I'm not talking like speeding, you know. Okay, some people didn't catch that. Many of us, we are only going speed limits when you suspect there's police around <laughs> or there's camera somewhere. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But I, what I want to deal with today is our scripture of the month. So that was foundation. I really wanted you to understand the knowledge part. So let's look at our scripture of the month. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, New King James. He said, now to him who is able to do exceedingly above, exceedingly abundantly above, all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Do you know that our scripture of the month for March started with the same thing, that God is able to make all grace. So there's something about the ability of God. He says, now to him who is what? Able. To him who is, do you know what that means? It's a question. If you are going to benefit from that scripture, you have to know what it's saying to you. If I'm going to give you information about a career's path or the next thing to do or how to grow in your, uh, in your career path, I'm going to give information to you. If you most jobs, you have development and performance uh, check, checking all the time. A.K. Okay, is okay, a manager. He knows what I'm talking about. You call your team members. You say, so what's your development plan for the year? What do you plan to do? How do you plan to grow? And at that point, if there are some things your manager knows about your career that you don't know, they will share with you. So God is saying that he, God, is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. So my question to you is, what does that mean to you? So two things I'm going to talk about today very quickly. Number one, 
is God's ability. Somebody say, God is able. God is able. Say it like you mean. Say, God is able. God is able. The Bible says, God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. What comes to mind when you think of God is able, God's ability? For me, it tells me he has power. It tells me he has skill. It tells me he has means. You know, it's possible to have knowledge of know-how, but you don't have the means to make it happen. Right? So, you, you know the next step. The next step is to go take a course that is going to cost you $15,000, and after the course, you're going to do a certification that is costing you $2,500. Here you have with all the knowledge, but with no means. Amen? So, when it says God is able, think about his power, think about his skill, and think about his means. It means everything I can ask of him, not only does he have the power to do it, he has the means to make it happen. So God is what? Able. Why? Because he's the omnipotent God. His omnipotence speaks to his, he has all power. Somebody say all power. Because sometimes you have power to do one thing that is not available to do the other thing. There's heat energy, right? There's electrical, electrical power. There's mechanical power. Where electrical power is needed, if you put mechanical into it, it will not work. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Your refrigerator at home needs power to serve you. The power it needs is electrical power. You plug it into the wall, it gives you what you need. Amen. So, all power that you can think of, God has it. Every power. Say, I'm going for an interview. I need the power to speak well. Ask God. He will give you. Ability to speak. All power belongs to God. All power. All power. That, praise the Lord. Is the omnipotent God. Second, if you look in Bible, you will not see omnipotence anywhere omnipotent. But, and that's part of the challenge of the English Bible because it's, it was not originally written in English. So when you read, for example, Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Everywhere you see Almighty in the New Testament is referring to his omnipotence. So when he says, I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty, is the connotation is for you to understand that your father that has all power is there for you at all times. At all times. You know? Ah. Uh, let me just make an analogy. Uh, if I were to be like a Jeff Bezos and those type. You know what I'm saying? And uh, my wife, you know, wants to go to France, 
you know, for the jazz festival. <laughs> it's just to call the captain and say, get the plane ready, we're going to, we're going to France. It's just as simple as that. And there's no, like, because I, I, I am her husband and I have the means. You know, or, and you are the PA. <laughs> you know, or, or, or the children say, oh, the daddy, uh, for spring break, would like to go to Dubai. I just rearrange the schedule, make opening for Dubai, and tell the plane, the captain, get the plane ready. We're going to Dubai. <laughs> My wife is praying for me. As I have spoken in social so in Jesus' name, I will carry you too. And you will buy your own too. And we'll all fly out together. In Jesus' name. So he's saying, I'll be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters. And he's saying, understand that, understand who is making this promise to you. The one that is making this promise to you is the almighty God. He's the omnipotent God. He's the one that has every power you need to make things happen in this life. You read Revelations 1, 8, Revelations 4, 8, 11, 17, 15, and so on and so forth. It's talking about his omnipotence. He's, he, he has, is big and bad. Bigger and badder. <laughs> than anything you can imagine or think. He's a good God. He's a great God. He said he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, Above all that you may ask or think, who is making that promise to you? The almighty God. The almighty God. Stop living a defeated life. Stop living a defeated life. Co-pastor preached a powerful message last Sunday. Let, let's give the Lord a round of applause. That was an awesome message. I think one of the things that is lost on the church is who we are in Christ Jesus. You are so big, you are so awesome, you are so powerful, and you have no idea who you are. All you know is what they've told you. What they have said you are is what you think you are. Oh, you are a nurse, so I'm a nurse. You are a doctor, so I'm a doctor. You are bigger and better than your profession. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look, <laughs> I laugh. I laugh. A very good friend of mine, many years ago, preached a sermon and said God is not in control. Absolutely God is in control. <laughs> Without a shadow of doubt, God is in control. But the people say, oh, you know, the devil is in charge of this sphere. Which sphere? God created everything. The power the devil has, he got through God and then corrupted it. God has power over all of his creation. All of his creation. And he's very close to you. He's not a distant God. Oh, I would have loved to speak to daddy, but daddy is not available. Daddy is right here. He's in your heart. He lives in you. He lives in you. There are no impossibilities with God. 
It's not limited by power. It's not limited by time. It's not limited by location. Oh, so I'm in uh, Africa now. Then, no, no, no. There are many people doing very well in Africa. I know. I have friends that will never leave Nigeria for anything. They say it's unsafe. Uh, security. This, this, and that. <coughs> All of that you are strengthening their resolve. They say in the unsafety is where the money is. In the insecurity is where. The, because they are doing what there is no place you are as a child of God that God cannot touch you and bless you. Some of you might know him. I, I had the story that uh, Bishop Oyedepo used to be in America. I think he was in Atlanta. And one day God told him, go back to Nigeria. He went back to Nigeria. He's doing so well to the glory of God. In fact, he's one of the leaders of the church in Nigeria. You cannot mention three leaders of the church in Nigeria and you don't mention Bishop Oedepo. But he was here because they go back home. Your, what I have for you, what I've put together is in that place. So don't judge how well you're going to do in life based on location. Oh, everybody is moving to Dallas. Let's go to Dallas now. <laughs> By the time you get there, the place is overcrowded. Everybody is doing nothing. I'm going to do nothing. By the time you get there, well, nothing is not overcrowded. They are still looking for people. Still looking for people. Always. Always. <laughs> okay, don't let's go there. I have a preference there. <laughs> She's talking about scrumming. <laughs> All right. There is nothing too difficult for God to do. With him, there's no impossibility. Genesis 18, 14. When the angel had appeared to Sarah and told her that she's going to be a child and all of this, and she was like, ah, that me, I will still carry a child? The angel responded to her, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Praise Jesus. I ask you the same question this morning. Is there anything too hard for the Lord. Jeremiah 32.27 Jeremiah 32.27 I am the Lord the God of all the peoples of the world. Is there anything too hard for me? Many of us will look at ourselves and say oh, my case is different. And when I say my case is different it's really in a negative sense. Because my case is different, can be positive or negative. Say, so let me tell you my situation. You want to tell all the stories and glorify the devil. That's all you want to do. Are those things real? They are real. But can you see God? Because when people start telling you their story, they say, ah, and then uh, I've not eaten four days, and uh, they are, I'm going to lose my house. I'm let me lose it now. And let's see how far God will allow me to go before he catches me. Sometimes what God is allowing you to go through, Job thought he had sinned is the reason why he was suffering. But it was none of that. God was actually bragging on Job. He was bragging on Job, telling the devil, he said, have you seen my son, Job, how excellent he is? He excuses evil. He doesn't say uh, this. He doesn't that. He's a good man. He says, because you are protected. He said, go touch him and see. He's not going to change his mind. He's not going to change his mind. 
Stop focusing on the bad stuff going on in your life. Start looking for God in the midst of it. God, where are you? God, where are you? There has to be something that God has for me here. Praise the Lord. I want you to know, you know, because sometimes the way we read scriptures, we, we read it upside down. But it's important that we have understanding. The Ephesians, Ephesians 3.20 that we're reading is for you and for me. It was written to believers such as you and myself. It was written to us. And it was written for us. Jump quickly to Ephesians 4 and the first verse. I'm going to read verse 1, 7, and 8. Say, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Verse 27, ah, verse 7, sorry. However, he has given each one of us a special gift. Somebody say, God has given me a special gift. Too many people are trying to be somebody else is the reason they struggle. I tell you the truth, the truth and I lie not. There, is, there are special abilities and giftings that God has given you. If you are operating in your gifting, there is no way you don't shine. There's no calculation that you don't shine. When you are acting and living in those abilities, that gift that God has given you. Amen? Amen. Then you jump to, well, let, let's finish reading now. He said, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Lift up your right hand and say, I am gifted. I am what? I am gifted. There is something special about you. Until you discover it, you won't like this, but the struggle continues. There's a sweet spot in your life, special gifts that God has given you, that when you begin to operate in those things, you will shine like a million stars. Like a million stars. My very first church administrator served for over 10 years. When she came, she just looked at me. She saw me, you know, the church was still young. I think we were like maybe 10 or 15 of us, you know. But she saw what I was doing, and one day she came at me and said, Pastor, I can help you. I said, really? Yeah. With what? She said, administration. <laughs> I said, not my strength whatsoever. I gave it to her for 10 years. She put it together. But guess what? She was the kind of person that does not want to be seen. If you put her on the stage and give her a microphone, you have destroyed her. And there are some of us, you can't speak. Speaking is not your gift. But because everybody is speaking, say, me too now. I'll give me mic. I'll let me, I'll, I'll, can you not? You lack self-awareness. You lack self Oh, it's the truth. It's the truth. 
Look for what God has given you. There is something in you that is uniquely special about you. When you step out and you start operating in that thing, everybody looks at you and they know, ah, ah, he is good. Oh, it's for real, for real. It's for real, for real. When Ben is talking business, I can be quoting scripture all day long, but when he's talking business, I have to listen. I don't have mouth to speak. He has grace. He has grace. He has grace. God has given you a gift and he has given you the grace to function in it. But you are struggling so hard to be somebody else. So hard. So the discovery you have to do that you have to make is who you are in Christ Jesus. What is that uniqueness about me in Christ and you start operating in it. I'm going to jump. Whew. Time is never a friend. Okay. But remember, I did all of that announcement in the beginning. So always they say, oh, Pastor, who took time? No. They give me all of those announcements to me. I spent 10, 15 minutes enjoying the announcement. And then I run out. But let, let's come back very quickly. Two things in our scripture of the month. God's ability. Say, God is able. According to the power that is at work in us, the second thing is power. The second thing is power. The word translated power there is the word dunamis. Dunamis is an English word, and the root word, I mean, uh, dunamis, Greek word, is the root word for the English word dynamite. Dynamite. Watch this. Psalm 68 verse 35. Psalm 68 verse 35. The Bible says God is awesome in his sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. If you are the people of God, wave and shout hallelujah. So I have powerful people in the house today. Amen. He said to his people, he has given power and strength. Power is not going around and bragging and all of this and all of that. I'm going to do it someday. I'm working towards it. When I get to a certain weight, I'm going to start lifting weight. I stop my push-ups. I'm going to start, start again. Once I do that, I'll be wearing, what do, you, what do you call it? Uh, no, women is tank top. Something. And I'll be, as I'm walking, I'm flexing. Like Akinwale. You see the way the guy bounces around. I am coming. Somebody go tell Akinwale I'm coming. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He says he gives to his people power. Power. You have power that you have no idea of. Acts 1 and verse 8, Acts 1 and verse 8, he says, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit is come upon you. If you have been baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, there is there's so much power in you. You know what is sad about dynamite, about the dynamite? If, you, if I give you a stick of dynamite, right? 
you can use it to point. You want to point for direction. You are using dynamite to point. Right? Or you can use it to even clear stuff. You can put it to whatever use you want. But when a dynamite is ignited, you better run. Because what is coming is a release of an avalanche of power. Explosive power. That is a kind of power that is in you that is waiting to be ignited. There are many people walking in power, just walking around, but the power has not been ignited. They are carrying power. They are not even aware they carry power. You have headache. You call pastor. Pastor, I have a headache. You wait for pastor to pray for you. Praise the Lord. You need this. You are looking for some pastor somewhere. Some people are sending money to Nigeria for somebody to pray for them. I'm sorry for you. I really am. I really am. I pity, I pity those folks. Because question is, ask yourself, how much further have you gone? There is power in you. Somebody said there's power in me. The power of the Holy Ghost resides in me. You are not a weakling. You are not a nobody. You are the child of God. We are co-inheritors with Christ. Hallelujah. God has ability. And there is a power that he has put inside of you, Dr. Obi. He's put his power inside of you. And he says, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you may ask or think of him. And the way he's going to do it is not by his own power. He said, it will work according to his power that is in you. In you. It means what you need is already in you. What you need is already in you. I mean, you can need somebody to agree with you. Tell you come. We can hold hands as brothers. Oh, we're brother and sister now. You know, we hold hands together and we agree together in prayer. The Bible says one will put a thousand to flight. Two will put ten thousand to flight. I'm a pastor, that's why I can speak freely like this. You know, but my goal, my mission, part of my mission in life is to deliver the people from the bondage they have put themselves. You have power to live above sin. You have power to overcome the devil and all his proclivities. You have power to rise up and succeed. You have power to get wealth. Remember Deuteronomy 8.18, we talked about it a while back. Yes, he has given you power to get wealth. It's giving you power to get what? You have power. Somebody say, I have power. I am an overcomer. I have power. In conclusion, let me tell you two things to conclude. Number one, the knowledge of God will free you from a lot of the issues you have. Many people have refused to take personal responsibility for their life is the reason they keep chasing men of God around. Because you can't take responsibility. Let me just kneel down. Let them just pray for me. Let them just lay hands on me. My life will be transformed. We'll see. 
Just keep uh, hiring your contractors for prayer all over the place and God will help you. Daniel chapter 11 verse 32. Daniel eleven thirty-two. He will flatter and win over those who have violated the covenant. But this is where I'm going. The people that know they are God. They'll be strong. And they will do exploits. Those that know they are God will be strong and do exploits. It didn't say the pastors that know they are God. It didn't say the prophet that know they are God. He said the ones, everyone, you seek God. You seek knowledge. Seek to grow in his knowledge. 2 Peter 3.18. He said we should continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Many people, what they knew 10 years ago is what they still know now. But the one thing they have grown in is the number of prayer contractors. They have them several states in Nigeria. They have one in San Antonio. They have another one in uh, Colorado. They, they have people praying for them all over the place. But they are not growing in the knowledge of God. Your deliverance, your freedom, your wealth, your progress is in your knowledge of God. Number two, run away from sin. Isaiah 59 verse 2, the Bible says, It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Listen to me. Listen to me. God is not going anywhere. God is there with you. Psalm 139 says, even in hell, God is present. So it's not going anywhere. What happens to us is when we are not living well, when we are not living right, our conscience begins to condemn us. We are ashamed. You know, but what leads to repentance is godly sorrow. Godly sorrow. My prayer is that godly sorrow will bring you back to Christ. You will say, Lord, I am sorry. I am sorry for all that I have done. I come back to you. The Bible says he will not cast away anyone that comes to him. He will accept them. I want you to please rise to your feet. Rise to your feet. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org. 